0: The Midnight Banjo Show proudly presents A country song a day The year 2020 was not a good year Europe was caught up in the political, social and economic implications of the imminent divorce of the UK from the EU and the US had its own demons to exercise with the impending presidential elections in not-so-distant November scratching not-so-old wounds and causing further division among the members of the public. And to add insult to injury, like a cherry from hell on top of a stale cake a previously unheard-of strain of an otherwise run-of-the-mill virus family was about to scrap what was considered day-to-day at the time and usher in the new normal. Amid all that, the American public was in for yet another shock. On May 25th, 46-year-old George Floyd was brutally murdered in broad daylight by public servants whose job and duty it is to serve and protect the public from crimes exactly like this one. And it was all over a suspected counterfeit banknote. This fanned the fire of existing racial and social tensions within society and blew new have a more raging winds in the sails of the Black Lives Matter movement. The whole world was holding its breath, praying and hoping for the best possible outcome, while celebrities and influencers took to social media, the overwhelming majority thereof siding with the oppressed. For better or for worse, Artists from the country music scene might not have been as numerous or vocal as their counterparts in other genres, as they are known to avoid controversial topics on the public sphere. Yet, there were those who took a stand. Like Taylor Swift, and, surprisingly enough to many of you, Tim McGraw, as in the artist who recorded Indian Outlaw in 1994. A song that was deemed so offensive in its heyday that many radio stations refused to play it. Want to find out what he and Swift said in reference to George Floyd's killing? Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to day three of A Country Song A Day. As you could no doubt tell by the tone that I used in the intro segment of this episode, today we're going to approach a rather serious topic. So, you should expect a rather longer listen than usual for this particular mini series. Now, I highly advise you have that coffee at the ready, if not a shot of bourbon, to calm your nerves after this episode. It might get a bit intense for some of you. Before we utter another word, here's my disclaimer when it comes to country music and its cultural heritage, I always offer my European perspective. I'm not from the USA and I can't even begin to imagine how certain terms must feel over there. What is racist, discriminatory, offensive, trigger-worthy by European standards might not be so in the USA and vice versa. So please be lenient when listening to the rest of this episode. Consider this your trigger warning as well. If language that is deemed or can be interpreted as racially discriminatory or offensive, regardless of the original intentions of the artist in question, this episode is not for you. If, however, you're intrigued by hearing all that, you can stay for the long haul. Now, what are we going to discuss in this episode? As the title suggests, we're going to explore Indian Outlaw by Tim McGraw, especially its lyrics, which is a definite highlight, if you want to call it that. I wouldn't use such a positive term to talk about the lyrics. And at the same time, consider this episode one of Unpacking the Racial Baggage of Country Music, a project that will unfold gradually over many episodes and many seasons to come under different formats. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm opening a can of worms right now. Or at least, I'm trying to half-open it because I don't want to have a full-blown maggot infestation here at the studio. (laughs) Which is my living room. (laughs) But at the same time, I see myself as an ambassador of the genre. And I believe that if you really want to support a cause, you shouldn't shy away from or close your eyes to its history, including the most unsavory aspects thereof. I want to apologize in advance to my listeners if this is something that detracts from the usual pleasure or enjoyment that you feel when listening to this podcast, but I really, really, really had to do this. After all, addressing the uncomfortable parts of history of a certain cause is the best way to respond to criticism against it, accepting reality in all its facets and all its levels, and showing how things have changed now, and move on. Now, with that aside, what's really on today's menu? We're going to discuss the lyrics and background of Indian Outlaw, establish whether or not it's really racist, and due to the nature of today's content, there won't be a best time of day recommendation for this song, but I do recommend listening to it. Not for any musical highlights, but because it's part of country music history. Approach it with awareness of its controversial nature and an open mind, And draw your own conclusions. Interested to know what I think? Well, what are we waiting for then? The lyrics. Let's have a look at a paraphrased description of the lyrical content. Let's see what information we can draw, in other words, from the song's words. But first, I want to see what your own expectations and predictions are. So, when you hear the title, Indian Outlaw, what do you expect this song to be about? If you haven't heard it or of it already, that is. Do you think it's going to be about Native Americans that live on the fringes of legality? What if I tell you that you're not exactly right? The song is narrated from the first-person perspective and sets the scene with a description of the protagonist and his relationship with those around him. He is a Native American who hails from two nations, Cherokee and Choctaw, whose girlfriend belongs to yet another tribal nation, and his friends call him a nomenclature, that is probably a crude translation from a Native American language, as is standard practice in the portrayal of Native American people in popular culture. We are then informed of his family ties to the chieftain, who is apparently his father, and whose wife makes him, quote-unquote, walk the line. And when his recreational activities and mode of accommodation enter the scene, the depiction of the supposed Indian outlaw gets more and more uncomfortably stereotypical. I will include some references in bullet points for the sake of example. He wears a headband, lives in wigwams and teepees, wears buffalo briefs. We're not talking about underwear made from... Buffalo skin or anything like that. Presumably, this is just the buffalo line of David Mitten's men's boxes. Moving on, he hunts animals with an arrow and a bow, plays a stereotypical percussive instrument, smokes the obligatory pipe that needs to be passed around, so attention over that, you shouldn't hog it, I believe that's the message there, and rides ponies as a means of transport. Surprisingly, there's one huge gap in the lyrics, though, ...that exposes the very title of the song as false advertising. And this is where your own predictions might have faltered a little bit. Our protagonist might be a bad boy... ...of the kind that the female protagonist might fall in love with in a stock 80s movie. But his badness is exhausted in a purely cosmetic way... ...that just adds to his perceived sex appeal, I guess as you can see in the official video clip. However, nowhere in the song are we informed of any outlaw activity. So, what do you think of the song so far? What were the lyrics like? Is it really racist? Want to hear something that will shock you even more? When do you think this song was released? Do you think that it was released in the 40s, 50s, 60s, in an epoch when such sort of naive humor that was of course insensitive to certain cultural groups was more widely accepted? Not really. The Reception The song was always considered offensive, even at its infancy, in 1994. So it's safe to say that it was never taken well by certain groups. Of course, it was a major hit for Tim McGraw at the time, but it was controversial from the get-go. An article in the LA Times, contemporary to the song's release, informs us that at least two country radio stations in Minneapolis were refusing to play the song after complaints that some of the lyrics are offensive to Native Americans. Native American rights activist Vernon Belcourt, or Waban Ainini, apologies for any mispronunciation, stated, I have no doubt that the intentions were not to be offensive. But if somebody told me something I did was offensive, I would apologize and not do it anymore. Now, the ones who are doing the offending, trying to dictate to us what should be acceptable... That's boorish arrogance. And indeed, 1990's Tim McGraw did not quite apologize. I will include some excerpts of what he was quoted as saying at the time, according to the same article. You're concerned anytime somebody doesn't like something you do, but you're never going to please everybody. And I understand their right to be upset, but my personality doesn't go along with that. But if that is all in the past, What about contemporary impressions of the song? Is this song still viewed as offensive? What do we think in this day and age? And most importantly, what does Tim himself have to say about it now? At least two more recent articles that I read during research, both of which can be accessed through our show notes, list Indian Outlaw as an offensive song or one that hasn't aged well with a derogatory and satirical attitude towards Native Americans. In the interest of fairness, I also tried to find articles or footage featuring McGraw and his view of the song's rather dark side, but I couldn't find anything that satisfied my research criteria. If you have been more successful on a similar quest please do contact me and or drop me a link to any relevant material. I'll be glad to check it out and might include it or reference it on a future episode to set the record straight. Now that we have some key facts about the song, why don't we move on to the considerations. Given the lyrics of the song that we've explored so far, the article that we skim read from that time, and more recent views on it, what do people of 2022 think of the song? And what should we take into account before we label it as racist or not racist? In my humble opinion, a work of art, or any outward or public statement for that matter, is usually considered racist if it fulfills at least one of the following criteria. And of course, this is by no means an exhaustive list. Criterion number one. It employs wording that is derogatory, hateful or discriminatory towards a specific group of people under a common national or cultural identifier. Criterion number two. It has the intention to single out, marginalize or hurt these people either directly or their public image. Criterion number three. It deliberately perpetuates stereotypes and misconceptions about that group of people. On a personal level, I want to believe that Tim McCraw and songwriters Jumpin' Gene Simmons and John D. Loudermilk did not have any intention to upset, single out or hurt Native Americans. Yet, it would be a lie to suggest that the wording of the song is not conducive to a stereotypical portrayal of this cultural and ethnic group. In addition, when characterizing a work of art as racist or not, we should take into account the sociocultural context of the time of its creation. For example, IHP Lovecraft worthy successor to Alan Poe's literary heritage and father of weird fiction, was known to portray African-American people in a rather unflattering and dehumanizing way. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not even going to give you an example on this episode. That's how offensive it was. But feel free to look this up on Google or your favorite search engine, whichever that might be. Yet, this stereotypical depiction of African-American people was sadly a convention at the time, not viewed as a deviation from the accepted public discourse of H.P. Lovecraft's Life and Times. Of course, who sets these norms and how faithful we should be to them is a whole other can of worms. And we only have enough room for one of them in this episode. In the case of Indian Outlaw, The public perception of the song was divided at the time of its release, it is viewed as offensive by 2022 standards, and probably will remain a politically incorrect song for years on end. Therefore, it's safe to say that the song can be safely labelled offensive at the very least, and understandably so. To me, however, intention plays a key role here. Personally, I can understand that we sometimes say or do things that end up hurting others without us ever having meant any harm to them in the first place. Artists are human beings too, and they are often asked to make judgment calls. Sometimes they make good ones, and others, they stray. And in this era of polarisation... Sometimes such mistakes are not easily forgiven, if at all, and the perceived perpetrators are often not given the benefit of the doubt or a chance to rectify. Of course, I don't suspect this is entirely the case here, as Tim and his crew have had the better part of two decades to discuss the matter at hand, at length. Not being American myself, my honest original impression of the song, when I first heard it, was that it might not be deliberately malicious towards Native American people and it wouldn't be dubbed racist per se by European standards. Nevertheless, there is no denying that its lingo is not PC-appropriate and, moreover, the singer could easily be accused of cultural appropriation. Even the unhistorical term Indian has a very bad ring to it nowadays. With a view to not misrepresent Tim McGraw's present-day views, this is what he said in light of the killing of George Floyd and the ensuing civil unrest. I will read you selected parts from his Facebook post of May 2020. I don't know how it feels to be black in America. I don't know how it feels to walk down the street at night and feel eyes of suspicion. I don't know what it's like to carry the worry for my child simply because they're black. I won't pretend to. I am a human being who loves people. I believe all people have inherent human rights to live, pray and love as they choose or how they are born into this world. I'm just a man who loves his family. And later in the post. I'm just a man who loves his family and wants this world, this country, this life to be experienced to the best of any child's imagination and ability, without regard to color, creed, religion or sexual orientation, ending on All children feel and love. Hate is observed and taught. Rather deep and heartfelt, is it not? Given that, I find it very hard to believe that 2022 Tim McGraw has any intention to be disrespectful towards others in any way. But of course, this doesn't necessarily say a lot about his 1990s self. However, it's still important to consider when looking at the big picture. I would be really interested to see what Tim McGraw has to say about Indian Outlaw in 2022, now that he's taken a lot of distance from the initial noise of it all. Mr. McGraw, if you're listening, I would be excited to have a chat with you on this very subject matter here on the show. I know, I know, hope is the last to die. (laughs) The recap. Phew, that was an awkward special. I'm so glad it's come to an end. So, what did we do today? Let's recap it all. As though hearing it just the once wasn't comfortable enough. Today we dissected most of the lyrical content of Indian Outlaw by Tim McGraw, we skim-read a couple of articles about how it was and is perceived, discussed criteria that can gauge whether a work of art can be considered racist, and contemplated whether this particular song deserves its assigned characterization. To answer the question in the title, I believe the song is politically incorrect and arguably offensive, especially within US territory, but I'm not convinced there were ever bad intentions behind it. Hence, I wouldn't jump the gun on the racist part. What do you think? What is your answer to the question in the title? And why? Let us know by joining the conversation in our Facebook group. As always, you can find a link to that, as well as suggestions for further reading, in the show notes. I'll now leave you with a quote from Taylor Swift's tweet about a fortnight after Floyd's death. Racial injustice has been ingrained deeply into local and state governments, and changes must be made there. In order for policies to change, we need to elect people who will fight against police brutality and racism of any kind. Your kappa Joe, or kappa, is ready now. Have a gulp and reflect on the song. Hell, why don't you give it a listen while you're at it, wink wink. Until tomorrow, have yourself a blast. Oh, and remember a country song a day, day.